0: When the song come on, let me see you get, gone. get gone. Baby this <laughs> Been pregnant for way too long.
1: Too long.
2: Tell the DJ, turn it, on. Turn it on. If baby Welcome, hey. ladies, gentlemen, parents, soon to be mothers and fathers. I'm Ryan.
0: I'm Tiffany. I'm Jamie.
2: And we're your hosts for the Pregnancy During COVID podcast.
3: We're a group of students from the University of Toronto who are just as curious as you about the pregnancy experiences during the pandemic. In this series, we'll talk about several topics that include the effects of COVID on mental health, physical health, and treatment access. We'll also go over additional topics such as financial stability and resources availability.
0: Just to note, we want to emphasize that, again, we are undergraduate students who are gathering academic literature and do not have the credentials to give pregnant women medical advice.
2: So for this week, we'll be discussing the mental health barriers during the pandemic among pregnant women. Today, we'll be touching upon the effects of COVID on mental health, such as the lack of academic evidence available that induces anxiety and depression, the fears that arise during pregnancy, as well as the role of social distancing and isolation on mental health.
3: Let's talk about COVID fears and how this affects mental health. So without a doubt, pregnancy itself is already a journey that women endure themselves. In addition to their pregnancy, they have been experiencing all the additional stressors that follow the COVID pandemic. We've been collecting a lot of research regarding pregnant women during COVID and found that a lot of the studies were uncertain about things, such as, can the mother transmit COVID to the infant? And what is the impact of that?
0: Yeah, and then we found that because of this lack of evidence, this was strongly associated with pregnant women's mental health during the pandemic and that it increased anxiety and depression. A lot of the cognitions of pregnant women were most commonly about, am I more vulnerable to COVID infection? Can COVID be transmitted to my fetus? And does COVID increase the risk of pregnancy complications?
2: That's actually really interesting. Um, One of the studies I found by Zhang et al. in 2020, they found that after receiving 331 surveys, Pregnant women were found to experience fear greater than those of college students, and these were results from another study. And like you were saying, Jamie, these authors found that pregnant women during COVID were mostly worried about being potentially infected, of uh, being around potentially infected people who are unpro- unprotected and non-isolated, as well as the self-infection of affecting their baby, and as well as becoming infected and isolating themselves. So just imagining the stress, the fear, and and the struggles that we students are experiencing now, pregnant women are experiencing fear more than we are. This just clearly shows how impactful this pandemic is, as well as how life-changing pregnancy itself is.
3: Yeah, and to add to your points, Ryan, 93% of pregnant women in Moyer and Colleague's 2020 study reported increased stress regarding the potential to becoming infected with COVID. And the authors discussed the degree of uncertainty that these women face during the birthing process and that it may lead to increased anxiety among pregnant women. And some stressors that were reported include fear of running out of food, losing a job, or loss of income, or even childcare. And these factors are strongly associated with an increase in perceived pregnancy-related anxiety, which is different from generalized anxiety because it's, because it's more detrimental to maternal and child outcomes. Additionally, important contributors to this type of anxiety involve the real or anticipated threat to pregnancy or the outcome, individual low perceived control, and risk of infection.
0: Clearly, the pandemic is a factor that amplifies those contributors. Did you guys know that there has been a drop from 96.4% to 87.7% in women planning to give birth at home instead of a hospital? I think the numbers are proving the fear and anxiety that pregnant women are experiencing. COVID has increased pregnant women's worry over their health and their child's health. The study that Ryan talked about um, earlier notes the poor sense of security, security that women have during COVID. Security sense is a critical factor when determining the state of mental health, thus proving the impact that stress, anxiety, and depression have on pregnant women.
2: Those are all really great points, Jamie and Tiffany. And so even as a university student, the stay-at-home orders and prolonged quarantines have changed my life. Kilman's and colleagues in 2020, they noted that exceptional quarantine measures have disturbed the private and professional life of pregnant women. The authors also found that anxiety levels were much higher during lockdowns, with over 40% of the women scoring 5 or higher on the EDS subscale of anxiety.
3: Wow. You know what was crazy to me? 37.3% of survey participants in Italy who wanted a child prior to the pandemic no longer wanted to. This goes to show how powerful this pandemic is on one's mind. It was reported that the economic concerns, worries for pregnancy during COVID, and postponement of treatments for those acquiring infertility treatments create a lot of mental stress and burden. Unfortunately, a study conducted in China found that pregnant women have been reporting higher scores on assessments, such as the Edinburgh Postnatal Depression Scale, anxiety subscales, and reporting greater likelihood for suicidal thoughts.
0: To add on to your point, Tiffany, another study in Canada involving 1,754 pregnant women were almost twice as likely to report symptoms of depression, anxiety disorder, or substance use disorder after the onset of the pandemic. Additionally, women from a COVID cohort were found to have higher levels of depressive and anxiety symptoms compared to pre-COVID women.
2: All in all, I think we have seen and learned how impactful the pandemic has been on society. Evidently, it has been even harder on pregnant women. It is important that we recognize the stress and the struggles that these women are facing and that other members of society, such as us students, other parents, and other family members, as well as healthcare professionals, strive to alleviate these fears and worries for women during the pregnancy. This is why having a solid social support system is very, very essential. Now let's talk about the COVID regulations like lockdowns and social isolations. Tiffany, what did you find?
3: Yeah, uh, researchers found that social support from friends, family, and health professionals is a key protective factor during the pandemic. But because of the lockdown and social distance rules, social isolation is strongly correlated with the likelihood of clinically significant depression or anxiety in pregnant women.
0: Back to the lack of evidence, research isn't even sure if it's safe for mothers to hold their babies after birth without the risk of infection. And so some academic literature recommends that mothers that are COVID positive or suspected to be positive should be separated from the baby for at least two weeks. But again, there is very few evidence about how to best reduce this risk and what the principles of hygiene are to protect both mother and the baby. This just feeds back into the anxiety among pregnant women.
2: And even though there's social distancing rules, pregnant women are still worried about contracting COVID because this could infect themselves and their baby. And so based on a stress questionnaire conducted by Zhang and colleagues in 2020, their sense of security has been really poor during the pandemic. And sense of security, like we mentioned, is so important because this is associated with individual spiritual strength and mental health. And as we discussed earlier, the feeling of becoming infected and isolation is a factor that induces stress and anxiety in a lot of pregnant women.
3: I mean, I don't even feel secure myself, but imagine what pregnant women are feeling like, especially for first-time mothers in the pandemic. So as a recommendation from the literature, researchers are adamant that pregnant women are taking advantage of virtual resources to connect with family and friends, and even healthcare professionals. This can include secure messaging with clinicians, telehealth visits, online support groups, and online doula support.
0: We've also provided a list of virtual support resources within the podcast caption for all of you pregnant ladies, mothers-to-be, and all parents who are experiencing the burdens of the pandemic. But regardless, it's encouraged that you use these resources available to take charge of your mental health because your mental health matters.
2: And remember, you are not alone and that we're all in this together. We hope that the academic information presented today will shed light on the necessary role of public health and for policymakers to increase access to these resources for these pregnant women during the pandemic.
3: I mean, none of us are pregnant, so hearing about the mental health experiences of an actual pregnant woman will help put this academic literature into context.
0: Yeah, speaking of, we have a special guest for our podcast today who will be speaking about her mental health experiences during the pandemic. Why don't we take a listen to the conversation that went down with Ryan and our special guest?
2: Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Today on our mental health episode on the Pregnancy During COVID podcast, I have my cousin Amy here, who was more than excited to share her experiences. How are you doing today, Amy?
1: Uh, a little tired, but I'm doing good. <laughs> That's
2: good. That's good to hear. So, just to start, tell us tell us and our audience uh, a little more about yourself. You know, anything you would like to share?
1: Okay. Um, so my name's Amy. I'm 29 years old. Be turning 30 this year. The big 3-0. Um. I live in Markham, Ontario. Um, I am now officially off work. I had my last day on Friday. Um, I work for the government as a senior consultant. Um, this is my second pregnancy, um, and I'm roughly about 38 weeks and two days along. Um, and I will be due February fourteenth so a Valentine's Day baby possibly <laughs>
2: okay, very soon, very soon. thanks for sharing, Amy. so this week's topic is focused on mental health and more specifically, we've looked at the internal and external stressors that have caused huge uh, huge adjustments for pregnant women. So with that in mind, what do the mental health experiences during this pandemic look like for you?
1: um personally, I mean look reflecting back on on the pregnancy itself and and uh, comparing it to my first pregnancy I would say that There's not much of a difference, despite being, you know, in in a global pandemic. Um, Of course, there's other worries uh, going on, like what what if I get COVID if I'm pregnant? What Mm -hmm. happens to the baby? Um, You know, am I more susceptible to, you know, get it um, more seriously than someone who's not pregnant? Uh, Of course, all that runs in the back of my mind. So, of course, being extra vigilant and extra careful during the entire pregnancy has, I guess, been a little more tiring (laughs) compared Mm -hmm. to the first. Um, but overall, I, I feel like we've been very fortunate, like my husband's very supportive. Um, we're both working from home, so th- there wasn't too many you know, stressors uh, outside, of course, living through a global pandemic.
2: I'm glad you shared your experience. So an interesting fact that we found was that pregnant women experience fear at a greater level than college students. So even as a student myself, trying to learn and be successful, successful during this pandemic, I can't imagine the changes that you've had to adjust to or even other pregnant women have we've learned that having a social support system is extremely valuable and can be a protective factor. And so with that in mind, where do you get most of your social support from? And do you feel like that it's strong enough?
1: Um, I would say my biggest form of social support would be from, of course, my family, my husband, um, and my mom, and even my little uh, 18-month-old toddler, I guess. she's a great um you know social support for me even though she doesn't really understand you know what she's saying what she's doing um I do feel that it's enough um but of course like with being in the pandemic I think a lot of people feel socially isolated you know it's harder to connect with your friends like you used to Mm -hmm. um I mean my best friend is also pregnant at the same time so it's been kind of interesting sharing our own experiences and stories um you know through text and you know calls but it would have been nicer to be able to kind of see her in person and you know know how she's going on uh, with her pregnancy and kind of share my experiences in person with her Um, but you know we're doing our best like virtually that way so we still stay connected and I kind of support her just because it is her first uh, but personally yeah my husband has been has been great you know like I complain to him every night my back <laughs> hurts my my legs hurt you know and he's just uh, kind of lends in an ear to kind of um let me vent um, especially working during um, the last few weeks of pregnancy have been kind of hard. I'm trying to get everything done before you know I'm, I'm off. It was quite stressful and and not really wanting to do anything by the last few weeks. Um, so so he's been a huge support to just listen and and let me share those experiences with him. My mom has been great. She's been kind of um, uh, providing daycare for for our first. <laughs> so it's been kind of relieving some stress that way. Um, But I know that I'm more fortunate than a lot of other people who may not have the same support. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm very thankful for that.
2: Um, Do you feel like there are times of where you're lacking support when you need it?
1: Yes, there is. (laughs) And it might just be because I'm a little bit of a control freak. I like to have the house clean. So every night I like to try to clean up um, Everly's toys. Mm -hmm. And I'm just getting so tired at the point where bending over is just really difficult because my belly's ginormous. And I actually mentioned to my husband last night, I'm like, you know, you can pick up toys too. <laughs> and it, it just is common. He's like, but why? It's just going to be on the floor again tomorrow. <laughs> so it's just small things like that. But I know it's just part of my por- pregnancy hormones first off. And, and it's also my, my nature of wanting things clean, but not everyone obviously needs everything as clean as I like it.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. That was great, for, great to hear. So our family is huge and, you know, we used to all gather together all the time, which is unfortunate that it stopped and makes a huge difference in our mental health. I know it has affected me for sure. So with that in mind, I, I do want to ask, comparing your pregnancy now during COVID to your first pregnancy before, now that we have Everly, what are the significant differences that you found so far?
1: Um, I would say the biggest difference was um, with Everly, my husband attended Know every appointment pretty much. I'm gonna be my select he didn't come for, but with this pregnancy, I had to go to everything alone. Um, you know, of course, like I understand that you know, significant others, you know, they try to you know limit um, the amount of people who are in the room with the um, technicians, but it was kind of sad going by myself and it kind of felt like I was going into it by myself. Um, so that was the unfortunate part. You know, we did have to pay for a um, A paid scan so that he could actually see the baby at least once before she's here Um, but I would say that was the biggest um, disappointment during this pregnancy Um, and I feel for all the moms going through it for the first time because it's such an important milestone every time you go and see the doctor um, you know every time you see a scan every time you get good or bad news right you want someone there with you to be able to support you Um, so for that, I I would, I would definitely say if, if it wasn't during COVID, I would have preferred and loved to have my husband there. Um, and as for this being my second pregnancy, I would say it's also been harder because I do have a a toddler running around demanding my attention, wanting to play, wanting me to kind of just get on the floor and crawl around with her, but it's not so easy at Mm -hmm. the size I'm at right now. Um, but I would say that, that that's probably like the most difficult part being actually active um with the toddler the second time around um it's been also hard like trying to get her out of the house to kind of burn some of that energy off cuz there's nothing open there's no programs when she was um a few months old i i started taking her to all these classes and baby programs so that she'll be able to socialize but once the pandemic hit that completely stopped and i can totally tell that she missed them and she she was bored at home right like it's it's kind of hard to gauge whether a baby is bored but you know they're more demanding they get fussier and 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 stuff like that so i definitely do feel like with the with everything not being available to support her development and for her to socialize Mm -hmm. it's definitely made my life more difficult too
2: It's definitely probably probably tough because it's cold outside too so we can't can't even be outside to take them outside
1: Yeah, so it's been hard to, like, at least in the summer, like, we can take her to the park. Mm -hmm. It was kind of nice that they kind of Um, eased off on restrictions a little bit so we were at least able to take her to the park Mm -hmm. you know to kind of visit family more and you know maybe do a outside barbecue but during the winter yeah there's nothing much you can really do Mm -hmm. she doesn't like the snow unfortunately
2: (laughs) yeah it's just you know sometimes it's too cold to to go outside and walk around yeah
1: because you don't want her catching a cold and then everyone's gonna think like is it covid exactly so
2: there's (laughs) even more you know fears and stress from that
0: yeah that's great
2: to hear and so just before we wrap it up here, Amy, do you have any tips or tricks that for, for other future parents and soon-to-be mothers?
1: Yes. Um, I mean, if I could give myself advice as a first-time mom, I would probably say, you know, don't go in, you know, with too many expectations um, uh, and also go easy on yourself, right? It's your first time. You're doing the best you can. And, you know, not everything's going to go as planned. You know, that's just the way it works especially with babies <laughs> um, and it gets easier in the sense that like you start to understand the routine, you know, what it is they need. Every time they cry, there's, you know, certain things you can try, um, but also understand for mothers, especially give yourself the understanding that the fourth trimester is what they normally call the first few months after babies here is, is rough. And there's just so many hormones like in your system trying to regulate itself again that you know, it's okay to randomly just want to cry and vent and, and, and for all the, you know, spouses and partners out there, you know, just try to be understanding that it's a time of healing and time of adapting, you know, for you and definitely, you know, for, for your, um, your, uh, baby mama, right? Essentially it's, it's a, it's a time where you two will learn together and also go through the most emotional roller coaster you will go through. And, you know, it could be hard on your relationship, but just talk it out. You know, um, be adults about it. Don't let your emotions play into it when you're having a, a civil conversation, um, and just know that these emotions are normal.
2: Yeah, that's a great idea. Like like we talk about the the idea of social support is super important. Any any tips or tricks in terms of with the the health side? So when you're in the hospital stuff like that that you would like to to have when you go through the whole birth process?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I personally would say if you're planning on getting an epidural, just ask for it in advance um, just because if the hospital is busy, they may not get to you right away. And that was one thing I definitely had on my list. Like I I knew going in, I wanted it. I told them I wanted it, and I was fortunate enough to be able to get it right away almost. Um, But I do know people who were not able to get an epidural Mm -hmm. and had to just just mm-hmm. brave and, it out without it. That
2: could be like just a whole nother crazy mental mm-hmm. experience. That's yeah.
1: And, and also one thing, you make sure you're asking the questions. You know, if you're concerned, if there's any worries, don't be afraid to ask your healthcare provider because... A lot of times they assume that you've already done the research or you already know what's happening. But if you're not sure and you have questions, feel free to ask because that's what they're there for, right? Mm-hmm. They're there to provide you care and also provide you the um, information to know what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. So that's very important.
2: Would you feel like um, they should already, already be like advanced and in, in telling, you, telling you stuff in advance kind of stuff?
1: I was very fortunate to have a nurse that was very... Um, friendly so she was very open to kind of like just tell me how my how I was progressing um but it totally changed once we were ready to push and deliver uh when the OB actually came in um uh, it was silent and he didn't much say much and it kind of actually caused me concern um but of course the, the nurse was there as well and she was coaching me and she was Incredible. the one who was actually telling me what was going mm-hmm. on um but yeah it just really depends on who you get right because mm-hmm. the OB is always on call mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm sure that's probably going to change, too, with COVID, right? You can't interact as much, can't talk as much. Everyone's wearing masks. So that's always a a big change for that, too, as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to happen when this baby comes, like Mm -hmm. how different it will be in the delivery room. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Those are great tips. Well, thank you once again, Amy, for participating and sharing your experience. It's a pleasure to have you here on our podcast. I can't wait to be baby number two. And that wraps it up for today's episode.
0: Tune in next week, where we'll talk about what the literature says about pregnant women's physical health and the associated risk factors to the baby during the pandemic. Again, I'm Jamie.
3: I'm Ryan. I'm Tiffany. Thanks for listening to the Pregnancy During COVID podcast. When the song come on, let me see you get gone. Get gone. Baby mama,
1: this song. Been pregnant for way too long. too long. Now tell the DJ turn it off. Turn it off
0: if she a baby
2: mama Go she gonna do that baby mama what she gonna put it on you uh-huh. she gonna do that
0: baby mama drop drop drop, damn, drop. Damn, damn, damn.